0: Great job, Crowley, with that one. Let's take a look after this uh, Red Series heading into the Giants Series. Let's take a look at the standings. Oh, boy. Dustin,
1: this is getting wild, buddy. This is getting wild there. The Cubs are 3.5 backs from the Brewers, so they're still in it. They, you know, There's still a chance that they can win the NL Central since he is 6.5 games back. Uh, Pittsburgh, 13.5, and the lowly St. Louis Cardinals are 17.5 back. Ah, you hate to see it.
0: That's always Uh, fun to say.
1: (laughs) And then the wild card, Dustin. Can we get any more wild in this wild card right here? Philly is on top. Thank you, Philly, by the way, for beating the Brewers yesterday. You actually took one. Yeah. But they they are 5.5 games up in the wild card and then the cubs are three games up in the second spot of the wild card but you now have Arizona, Miami, San Francisco and the Reds all right there at, at at 70 and 67 they all have the same winning percentage so this this is absolutely uh again this is getting wild. Arizona lost a couple, Miami won four in a row and San Francisco has lost three and so, you know, now all of a sudden, you're saying to yourself, "This is, this is, this is just going to go nuts till the end of the season."
0: Yeah, it, it makes it a lot, it makes it a lot more fun, but it also makes it uh, a lot more pressure-packed. There is no doubt about that. Let's take a look at some of the uh, news and notes since our last episode. Yeah,
1: we talked last time about the large number of players on the waiver wire. We've never seen this before, and and the Angels just literally dumped everybody. Teams had until 1 p.m. on Thursday to make their claims. The picks went in reverse order of winning percentage. Once the dust settled, a lot of players had new homes, and the big winners were the Cleveland teams, right? The Guardians took three of the best players on the waiver wire. They took starter Lucas Giolito, relievers Matt, uh, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Dustin, I know you liked uh, Reynaldo Lopez. I wanted Matt Moore. But the, Indi- the Guardians took all three. You know, three of those players, and then the Reds, picked up two outfielders before the series with the Cubs, Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader. You saw Bader uh, pinch running a bunch. Hunter Renfro had the game-winning hit in the third game. And then the Brewers, who the Cubs were chasing in the NL Central, picked up third baseman Josh Donaldson. He was a Cubs uh, first-round draft pick in 2007. But, you know, uh, Cubs insider and our uh, beat writer and score and odyssey baseball insider Bruce Levine reported that the Cubs did put claims on Reynaldo Lopez and Matt Moore. But, Dustin, I was listening to the Mully and Haw show. You know, you can listen to it 5 to 9 uh, every day, on, you know, in the morning. And, and I always listen to you guys. And you made a good point that it is not fair for one team to be able to snatch up as many players as they want. That was ridiculous.
0: You're right, I, I don't get it. I understand, of course, that they should get the shot before the Cubs, but why they get everybody. Like, once they take a guy, they should be – they should be out unless everybody else, and that means the teams above them as well pass on that. I think it's something baseball is going to have to look into because this is almost like, and we wondered, right, we wondered why teams like the Guardians, why teams like the Reds didn't do a whole heck of a lot at the trade deadline, and maybe this is what they were gunning for.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a it was a risky gamble, but it paid off for them. But, Absolutely. yeah, baseball, baseball is definitely going to have to look at this. Got to take a look uh, at that it got to make a change because that 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 isn't fair that that's messed up and and it's screw you know that's defeats the purpose of the trade deadline you know what i mean
0: but absolutely uh, it 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 runs right around it it's not, it's not in the spirit of what this is supposed to be no um some
1: other sad news we had the passing of jimmy buffett and 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 there is a very strong chicago connection i just want to tell this story right here is back in the days a lot of the folk musicians there was kind of this circuit and when you came to chicago the one place you would go if you were a folk artist is you you knew you, you could stop at Steve Goodman's place and he would put you up for the night and kind of show you around. Steve Goodman, an absolute diehard Cub fan. So what he would do is that you would come in, uh, these guys would come into town and Jimmy Buffett was one of them and he would stay at Steve Goodman's and, and Goodman would take you to a Cubs game at 120 because it was all day games and then you'd play your show at night. And so, Steve Goodman, as everyone knows, he wrote one of the most funny Cubs songs ever. It's a dying Cub fan's last request because he had leukemia and he knew he didn't have long. But in 1984, the Cubs asked him to write the iconic song, Go Cubs Go. And it was obviously a big hit when it came out for uh, the Chicagoland area. And what ends up happening is that um, as the Cubs get close to winning the postseason, to getting into the postseason since the first time since 1945, the Cubs contact Goodman and say, We can't, we don't know anyone else who would be better to do the national anthem. And so they asked him. He said yes. And the Cubs, four days before the Cubs, or eight days before the Cubs clinched, he, he succumbed to cancer. And uh, what ends up happening is that the family and the Cubs asked Jimmy Buffett to sing the anthem in 1984, game one of the national league championship series and 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 jimmy came out with a heavy heart lost his friend and he dedicated the anthem he said it before he sang i dedicate this one to steve goodman and just did a phenomenal rendition of the anthem so kind of just a little story there and then also you had jimmy buffett who played the first concerts ever at wrigley in 2005 And in tribute to Steve Goodman, he played part of the concert in the southern corner of the right field bleachers where he used to sit with Goodman. He also played shows there in 2017 and 18, but he was a Cub fan. He loved following the Cubs. (laughs) He'll be sorely missed.
0: Yeah, that was uh, some surprising news to wake up to over the weekend that he was uh, unfortunately no longer with us. Let's also talk about some of the uh, roster moves, a little injury news to share with everybody.
1: So, Dustin, I was – Absolutely over the moon on Thursday. Uh, Jesse Rogers breaks the news that the Cubs were calling up outfield prospect Alexander Canario and veteran righty Shane Green. Now, Green I was fine with, you know what I mean? But Alexander Canario, he was he was picked up along with Caleb Killian in the trade to, for to San Francisco with Chris Bryant. This is a guy that had more home runs than Matt Mervis last season. He hits the ball hard. 400 and some feet home runs. And I was absolutely stoked to see him come into the red series. And guess what? David Ross had him sit on the bench. Damn. I don't understand when the, again, you got a double header. These guys have played a lot of games. Why wouldn't you give the guy a shot to see what you have there? Especially, like I said, I would have, I would have, I would have rested say one night and then on Friday night and then on Saturday, right? You know, he, he, it's a lefty. He's faced Lion Richardson in the minors. I, I don't understand it, Dustin. I, I don't know if it was Jed's decision. I don't know if it was Ross's decision. But whoever's decision it was, absolutely stupid. See what you got in this guy. You don't know if you're going to sign Cody Bellinger next year. Would would all Cup fans love that? Yes. But you're talking about Scott Boris, and you're going to talk about a lot of money. So why wouldn't you give this kid a chance to just to see what you
0: got? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'd be curious to see if Ross has uh, any answers for that kind of thing because we haven't seen him a lick yet, right? Nope. He did not have one at bat the entire
1: series in in Cincinnati. So think about that. If you're a power hitter, where else would be better to start than in Cincinnati? That's where you had the debuts of tons of guys. I remember Starling Castro, home run, first at bat in Cincy. That's a hitter's park, man. What are you doing?
0: Right. And then we got some good news, supposedly maybe on Marcus Stroman coming.
1: Yep, he's in Arizona right now. He threw a bullpen session, and um, you know, and and so he's going to be throwing a bullpen session today. So that's the next step of his rehab from his rib injury. Don't count Marcus Stroman out. He's a guy that really takes care of his body, and, and he may be back. We'll see what happens.
0: We'll see what happens piece of news to keep an eye on also Michael Fulmer we looks like we could use him in the bullpen and he could be back as soon as September the 8th
1: yeah he played a little bit of long tossed and since he the team checked on him so he's progressing and then on Sunday three Cubs uh pitch in Iowa as far out of the bullpen Brandon Hughes Dustin back lefty he went one inning and gave up no runs on one hit one walk and 1k Nick Birdie pitched a scoreless inning gave up no hits in 1k And Ben Brown, you know, he wasn't with the Cubs this year, but he was somebody that people thought would um, be the one that came up, not Jordan Wicks, Uh, but he, he was injured. And so he threw one inning, gave up no runs, uh, one hit and two Ks. So just something to keep an eye on.
0: Yep. Lots of news, lots of notes to keep an eye on for sure. This is the fly, the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 67 Cubs Splitsville in Cincy, and now Crawley interviews Mark Willard from 95.7 The Game, host of the Dillard and Dib Show in San Fran to help preview the Cubs-Giants series.
1: Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have Mark Willard, host of the Willard and Dib Show, 2 to 6 Pacific time from 95.7 The Game. Mark, how you doing? How is it over in San Francisco right now?
2: Well, everything uh, everything is good, uh, Crawley, man. First off, it's uh, it's good to see you. It's good to hear you. Good to be back with you i uh, so excited to chop it up a little bit. Everything is uh, everything is fine. It would be better if the Giants could score more runs, but outside of that, everything is fine.
1: All right, so we're, we're kind of in the same boat here. We're going to get that yeah. because run scoring for both teams are kind of coming at a premium right now. Yeah. And so, you know, last time we saw you guys was in June. The Cubs took two at three. And, Mark, that was kind of a weird one because the Cubs were absolutely – abysmal at the time they had just gotten swept by the angels they were 10 games back in the division looked dead in the water and then David Ross held a team meeting and and, and the Cubs went 10 for their next two on their next 12 games back in the race so in the postseason now but here's the thing is that when we faced you last we had Marcus Stroman he pitched a good game against Anthony Disclefani the Cubs were able to win that one in game one it was a close one um, they took it three to two and then if you remember game two, Kyle Hendricks, you guys aren't facing him this time around, but yep. he had a no hitter in the eighth and Chris Morrell had three RBIs. I don't know if you remember that one, but that yep. I, I was thinking Hendricks would get the no-no on that.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, Junis was uh, pitched a bunch of, of those innings for uh, for the Giants. And um, yeah, like, you know, really solid pitching performances by the other side are, are kind of a repetitive thing uh, for the Giants this year. As we said, they don't score a whole lot of runs. The matchups were interesting, though, because if you do look back on that, the Cubs did hit the Giants at a spot where they did not really have to face any of the Giants' front line starting, Um, although you could argue the Giants, that's kind of what they've done all year. Like, they've got Logan Webb. They've got Alex Cobb, who made the all-star team. Um, And and then outside of that, it's whether because of injuries or ineffectiveness, they've been throwing out openers. They've been throwing out people they've just called up. It's been a total mixed bag and a mishmash of what they're doing in terms of of starting pitching and only in the last week and a half has that started to finally define itself a little bit better mainly because their number one prospect has been called up Kyle Harrison but he pissed last night and you guys aren't going to see him and you're not going to see Alex Cobb either so could be a similar feeling type series you'll face Logan Webb in one of the games and then you're going to get a look at this Giants mishmash after that
1: yeah last time you guys started Brebia twice as an opener so that, yeah. that's kind of goes where you talking and you took the third game 13 to three against Hayden Wiznitski and Jock Peterson went four to four man that guy is just you know he's just like a he's like a drinkster you know what I mean
2: he I mean he'd be a perfect cub to be honest with you I mean he is the city of Chicago man he is just smiling he's having fun he's out there swinging for the fences. And uh, he doesn't look like a baseball player. I don't even know what he does look like, you know. Uh, but it's it, it has a beer league softball feel to the whole thing. He's a lot better last year than than he has been this year. He's dealt with some injuries and ineffectiveness as well. But uh, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> He's, that's that's why I feel like he, he'd fit in in Chicago you know we, we, we
1: had him for a little bit and then we traded him to Atlanta and he went on to win a World Series so exactly. Was, <laughs> exactly fun guy but you guys also picked up somebody uh that the Cubs are very familiar with and Paul DeYoung he was traded from the Cardinals to the Blue Jays on August 1st then cut by Toronto and now he's with the Giants I mean I know he's struggling but he always seems to give the Cubs fits
2: well he had a great introduction to Giants fans his very first game after he was let go by the Blue Jays and picked up by the Giants, which was uh, coincidental because the Giants went after him a little bit at the deadline simply because he fits the profile of what they were needing. They've had so many injuries up the middle of the diamond. Uh, the ability to, to play shortstop and hit right-handed is something that the Giants really wanted, um, but they didn't get him. I don't think they were l- liking the price. The Blue Jays let him go, so the Giants pick him up, and in his very first game as a Giant. He has two or three hits, including a home run in Philadelphia, and everybody's like, "Sweet." I don't know if I've seen him get a hit since. So, like, <laughs> he, you know, he he he's not a big bat, um, but he is, uh, you know, a situation of now and need for uh, for the Giants. But uh, it, it's another example of sort of what you'll see with with Giants baseball. It's it's a lot of plug and play. It's a lot of grab off the street and in the starting lineup, bat in fifth the very next night. And quite frankly, Crawley, like, I mean, this team is sitting in a wild card spot right behind the Cubs right now. But I'd also say, even though they're in the playoff picture, the giant fan base in the era of Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler has never been more frustrated uh, than it is right now. Feel like just don't have a whole lot of good players. Um, don't really allow the fans to kind of attach themselves to players because of that in and out nature of the whole thing and uh, don't really believe in them, even though they do have more wins and losses. That's kind of the feel right now.
1: That's interesting. And and you did pick up A.J. Pollock at the trade deadline, but nothing else. How's A.J. been doing? And were you surprised that the Giants didn't try to get a little bit more?
2: Well, uh, so first off, A.J. was that was a circumstantial acquisition as well. Uh, I think, um, you know, the Mariners were looking to clear him. He was probably about to get DFA'd. Um, The Giants had injuries to Mitch Haniger and Mike Yastrzemski and thought, hey, uh, sure, we'll give AJ a look. That was really what it was uh, because what the Giants gave up was, uh, you know, kind of the future cash considerations, player to be named later type thing. They basically gave up nothing to get him. He came in. Uh, You know, a couple of good games, mostly uninspiring, and then got hurt himself. So so he has not been a big part of the picture. A lot of people were surprised, self-included, that the Giants weren't more aggressive at the deadline. But then again, I, I, I sort of understood it when you looked at who got dealt and what was the price. I thought the prices were completely ridiculous throughout the deadline, and I also didn't think, as far as offensively speaking, any real big difference makers uh, were were dealt. So the Giants are suffering from a, a diamond full of C plus players, and they could have replaced them with other C plus players, and and chose not to do that. And I understood that.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said a little bit earlier, I mean, this wild card picture, I mean, I, I I didn't know if I would like this new playoff format, but a lot of teams now have an opportunity to get in. Oh. You got Philadelphia at 74 and 61 on top. You got the Cubs at 72 and 64. They're up two games, but now you have Arizona and San Francisco. So you guys are tied for that third and final wildcard spot at 70 and 66. And because of the Cubs' ineffectiveness against Cincinnati, they could have buried them. They're now back in it. They're only .001 percentage points behind Arizona and San Fran at 71 and 67. Now you guys are finishing up a series today with San Diego, another team oh. that looked dead in the water. The the mirror the mirroring right now between the Cubs and San Francisco is ridiculous because oh. like we could have buried Arizona in our division, or I'm sorry, we could have buried Cincinnati in our division. We lost two games in the ninth inning in the last two days, and then you guys could have absolutely ended San Diego's season and you've lost two to a San Diego team. That's been, I think disappointing is, is not even, doesn't even begin to describe the Padres.
2: Oh my God, the Padres and Mets to me, that, those are the teams where you're like, if you're a fan of those teams, you have a right to be really, really ticked off this, this season. Like that is the, the, the picture of underperforming and, and, uh and just uninspired and, And all of that stuff but yeah let's be real like these teams we're talking about are not that great they're just not that good at teams i mean the phillies and cubs at least they're out there boasting run differentials that make them look like actual threats um they have middle of the order type players um maybe not overwhelming but you know the, the cubs have a couple the phillies sure do they have a lineup that has portions of it that scares you you get into the rest of those teams you just mentioned and throw the marlins in too one game right now in the standing separates the Giants, Diamondbacks, Reds, and Marlins. Um, the Cubs certainly haven't shaken free of that group, but they, I think, are, are most likely to get the second wild card spot, and then those other four teams are all battling for, for the final spot, and they probably will to the last week of the season because, frankly, none of them are good enough to shake off anybody else. You know, That's been the Giants' problem. Early in the year, they were able to go on win streaks, They've not been able to do that. Even when they get a couple things going, um, they've had a really tough stretch of the schedule where it was a lot of, of Braves and Phillies and then Braves again and like just playing really, really hard teams um, at, at every turn. They've hung in there enough to not get swept in those series, but they just have not been able to piece anything together, and it's largely because of what we're talking about. You don't have two or three starting pitchers who can kind of reel off something in a row. And, uh, and you don't have enough offensive talent to kind of uh, win games where you get hot and win games by scoring six or seven runs in a game. The Giants are trying to do it the same way every night, which is we're going to try to beat you three to two. And to me, the pressure on the pitching staff is, is just overwhelming in a situation like that. And you're starting to see it as guys wear down as we get into September.
1: And you're talking about the same thing with the Cubs again. They only scored a, they they only had uh, they only scored one or two runs the last two games against Cincinnati, and then okay, handed to the bullpen. And again, they only have one run. They make a mistake, allowed the Reds to get back, and that's what's been killing us. But you gotta, you know, I know Mark. Last was it last year? You came out to Chicago. You came out to Wrigley Field. Yeah. We had a good time. We drank some Malort uh but
2: uh <laughs> you yes know. we did i was just looking at pictures last week i was with a lot of the buddies i had with me because we were out there for our fantasy draft and we just did it again we did it in napa valley we just did it in wine country here in the bay area this year but uh the group was all back together and we were scrolling through pictures of uh of our speakeasy days together crawley and it w- it brought smiles to the faces <laughs> of all it was it was it was a great moment, but you you know
1: I wish you were coming up this time around here. But we got a, we got a pretty good I I think a pretty good matchup as far as as when you take a look at the pitchers here. You guys are going to see um, a couple of our frontline pitchers, and to be honest, our pitching hasn't been the problem. Our starters have been really good lately. We've had a couple of young guys really come up and, and pitch very well. Um, you know, in the absence of Marcus Stroman and Drew Smiley demoted, but that first game we had Justin Steele at fifteen and three All Star for us, and we're going to be taking at Logan Webb, who's nine yeah. and eleven. Talk to us a little bit about Logan Webb.
2: Well, Logan Webb is is Steady Eddie. Like uh, his numbers are not going to really tell the story. Um, he's struggled a little bit of late. Again, with a couple outings that were against that Braves lineup. Uh, but Logan is, uh, while he doesn't wow you when you just sit there and watch him, uh, he does some really, really elite, fine-tuned stuff. Uh, very, very hard to elevate the ball off of him. Gets a lot of ground balls and uh, and hits his spots really, really well. Logan is their – he's their number one. Um, he hasn't had a number one type season, um, but he's their number one, and he's absolutely capable – of uh, of shoving uh, the other teams. That's a great pitching matchup in the first one. And then, as I said, you're not going to see anything that really stands out after that. You'll probably see Tristan Beck in one of the games, but he's sort of a a starter light. In other words, they're never going to be in there for more than four, maybe five innings tops. And then you're probably going to see an opener after that, which could be – and that opener, sometimes the Giants sort of split the difference with it. They've got guys who open like Ryan Walker and Scott Alexander out of the bullpen, or they've got another guy in Jacob Junis who's kind of like Tristan Beck, who will start and they'll go with him as long as he's rolling. But then it's kind of a quick hook. So you never really usually see them go more than four innings. So it's a, uh, it's a grab bag. It is uh, it's kind of frustrating to the fans. It does not intimidate the other team. Sometimes if it's going well, it, it prevents the other team from getting real comfortable in the box. Um, but, but that's who you're going to see. And then out of the bullpen, you'll see guys who used to be starters um, uh, hold down what's called a bulk innings role. And uh, it's just something to watch. The guys do not like it, but the Giants feel like it works. So Sean Manaya, Alex Wood, these guys now pitch out of the bullpen. They were hired to be starters. They were ineffective. They go to the bullpen. And when the Ryan Walkers and Jacob Junis' run out of gas in the third or fourth inning, they bring them in to try to see if they can go three innings or so. And so that's the kind of the way they played. It was really effective for them for a while. It's starting to get a little bit more wobbly late in the season.
1: Yeah, for game two, you're going to be going up against Kyle Hendricks, who, again, just like you said, steady Eddie, one of those type of guys. He's going to give up maybe two, maybe three runs, give you about five or six innings. But he – it's interesting – uh, mark he he calls his own game on the pitch comes, so it's not the uh, it's not the catcher. He's the one that's pressing the buttons that 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 the catcher and the infielder' getting and again, that game against San Francisco was his best start of the season uh, eight eight innings of one hit ball. You know, I don't know if he could do that again
2: well he probably, he probably can he probably can Crawley. <laughs> like <laughs> just put it here's a fun thing for Cubs fans. Do you feel like the Cubs have a hard time scoring runs? Do you feel like that that they do? last
1: two games, yes.
2: Okay, last two games, yes, but whatever frustrations you have with the Cubs scoring runs, they have scored 93 more runs this year than the Giants have. The Giants are um, – it's almost a miracle that they're in the playoffs when you look at the number of runs that, that they score. They have not gotten to 600 runs yet this year. Um, there are a handful of teams in the, in the majors, in the National League, that have not scored – 600 runs yet but they are all of the worst teams right the marlins are there too they're in this a little bit but the other teams that have not gotten to 600 the pirates the mets the nationals the rockies you get the idea the giants score at a level that is very very poor yet somehow they're able to to pull out enough games to stay in this thing would you say
1: it's the it's a coaching thing or what do you think it is
2: um, I don't think it's coaching. I just, I mean, like a very simplistic answer is they don't have enough good hitters. I mean, they just, they like, they they have tried to play a platoon system and not get locked into long-term deals, except for the very high-level talent, right? They famously went after Judge and Correa and, uh, and did not did not get either one of them. They got Correa, but then let him go. And that's turned out to be a good thing, actually. But in, in the absence of that, it's been... Bringing up a lot of, of young talent, you'll see a lot of rookies that you did not see the first time around. The Giants have brought a lot of players up from the farm. So obviously, even if they're good, you're going to get inconsistent performances from them because a lot of them are 22 to 24 years old. And then you've got a lot of Jock Petersons and J.D. Davises. Wilmer Flores has been their best hitter by far. But by and large, these are guys that in a perfect world you would, you would platoon. Um, and even Michael Conforto, who has been at least somewhat of a a middle of the order bat for them this year, but he's hurt and, and he's out right now. So it's just a lot of, as I called them C plus level hitters, and it's hard to string things together when you're doing that in the lineup.
1: Well, you're talking about young guys that we didn't see before. One guy that you didn't see before is Jordan Wicks. Who's going to be pitching game three. He's the Cubs 2021 first round draft pick. He's only 24 years old, but he started against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I know they're not uh, world beaters there, but he's only given one run up in each game. He's gone five innings pitch in both of them. So I'm very curious to see. I mean, I think I think the Giants are a step up from Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but, you know, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. But that one, yeah. you know, you really kind of keep an eye on this kid because, you know, for the Cubs, I, I you know, with the pitching staff next year, there's going to be a lot of competition. We have a lot of young pitchers. Um, Ben Brown is one of them. And, and you can see, like I said, Hayden West had a really great game yesterday. He pitched out of the bullpen like that, like that middle long relief. you talked about three innings. He did really good. And then, uh, when you're taking a look at Jordan Wicks, these are all guys that I kind of got a feeling are going to be there. Now, when we talk about the hot and the not right now for the Cubs, you know, you got to watch out for Ian Happ. He's doing pretty well lately. He's seven for his last 22 with two home runs and five RBIs. Uh, he always plays well in Cincinnati though. So I'm just kind of putting that out there. He's kind of had a rough year a little bit, but, uh, you know, he was an all-star last season this year. He's struggling a little bit, but the guy you got to look out for, I'm just giving you a fair warning right now, Cody Bellinger. I mean, I I wonder if San Fran might be in on him, you know, when he becomes a free agent.
2: Well, they, I think they were last time around. I think they're regretting that they didn't end up getting him. Obviously they know him very, very well. And uh, not just because of his years with the Dodgers, like literally the most painful moment in recent Giants history was uh, game five of their 2021 playoff series against the Dodgers. And uh, you got a 2-2 series tie and a tie ball game into uh, into the top of the ninth inning. And, and Cody Bellinger at that time hitting under 200, um, you know, he was struggling with the Dodgers his last couple of years. Uh, but he ripped a base hit into right center field and that won that baseball game two to one and sent the Dodgers into the next round and ended the Giants' season. So we know Cody very, very well. Um, I think that, uh, that he would have fit perfectly with the giants. Farhan Zaidi knows him well from his time with the Dodgers. And so that has been another miss in free agency, if you will. And when I talk about them not having enough good hitters, that's, that's the kind of guy I'm talking about. That's who they needed and, and didn't get. So yeah, eyes will always be on him. Um, and, yeah, all the Cubs need to worry about, you know, as I said, Wilmer Flores, he's offensively carried the Giants for the last month, month and a half. He's now got 20 home runs. He's the only uh, um, hes the only Giant on the team that, that, that has reached the, the 20 home run mark. Tyler Estrada's back from injury playing pretty well. Mike Estremski just came back from injury and got off to a hot start. Um, but you know, I'm going to call it like a Giants fan. Well, who are you scared of in the Giants lineup, Crawley? <laughs> nobody, nobody.
1: Well, I'm going to give you this fact, this little fact right here to, to for you, for just to give some Giants fans a little, as far as how one sided this offense has been in the last seven days, the Cubs have scored 15, uh, they have 15 RBIs players have hit 15 RBIs okay. out of that team. Out of, the, out of that 15 RBIs, 11 of them are Cody Bellinger and Ian Happ. Only four other guys have one RBI, and that's it. Woo! So struggling. Struggling, and you know, it's been Cody look. Bellinger and Ian Happ right now kind of just keeping the boat afloat.
2: Yep, yep. It's 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 the dog days. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, before the Giants got into that, they, they, they won four out of five at the beginning of the week, and the bats finally started to make a little bit noise. They, they had an eight to five Sunday night baseball win over the Braves and then scored 10 runs over two days uh, against the Reds. And they opened that Padres series with a seven to two win. So it's been a little bit better, but if you, I mean, you can look back on uh, on what was happening the month before that The giants record this year, when they score four runs or more is elite. Um, but, uh, but there are so many games where they don't do that. So that's, that's that if there's a uh, a method to it for the cubs um keep the giants to three or less and and uh and i know that sounds like that's just baseball but it's easier to do than you might think and and uh and if you do that you're, you're gonna have a good series
1: and mark i'm telling you if all the, if the giants if they have one piece of advice i'm going to give them Do not pitch to Cody Bellinger. Just give him the Barry Bonds treatment. Just give him him the signal. Just let him walk. Don't pitch to him. I don't care what the situation, and you guys might have a a good chance of winning the series. You know what I'm
2: I'm bummed that we're not going to see? Because I wish, and I don't know, he's only had three starts. If you've had a chance to see any Kyle Harrison highlights yet, he pitched last night and actually struggled a little bit in San Diego. But his game against the Reds last week, he struck out 11 in, uh, I think, six and a third. And he actually came out mean, he struck out the first five batters of the game. Like, he's got electric stuff. And especially as a lefty, I would have loved to see him pitch against Cody Ballinger. So, (laughs) who knows? Maybe something crazy will happen. Maybe they'll see each other in the playoffs. But I, I look forward to those battles when they come.
1: I'm, I'm going to watch him when he – Harrison pitches next against Colorado after they're yeah. done with the Cubs. So I'll watch him then, but I'm glad we don't have to face him now. Mark, I appreciate you so much jumping on here. Where can our listeners find you on uh, social media?
2: Uh, Twitter, it's Mark underscore T underscore Willard. Instagram, it's MT Willard. Those are the two places where I, I put out most of my stuff. And and as you mentioned, the show in the afternoons in uh, in San Francisco. And, and uh, you know, don't be offended – If uh, the Giants on our show, if you check in after one of the Giants-Cubs games and you don't hear a whole lot of Giants because this town is absolutely turned up about the 49er quarterback situation and week one, and it's hard to get a word in edgewise about the Giants right now because everybody is so 49er obsessed and their eyes are going to be on Justin Fields because with Trey Lance being traded did they screw up by not taking fields? All that stuff has got everybody all fired up. But uh, but that said, I'm still looking forward to the series, man.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping
2: to either make it out to San
1: Francisco next year or if not, maybe you guys come back to Chicago and we'll have a good time.
2: Um, I never, never, never want to stay too long without visiting Chicago. I love your city, and if you come our way, you better, you better let me know you're coming. I will, buddy.
0: You take care. All right, guys. All right, Crowley. Great job with that one. Let's take a look at the uh, pitching probables starting this afternoon over at Wrigley, Justin Steele going in today, correct?
1: Correct. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting one here. You got Justin Steele versus Brandon Webb and Mark gave us a good breakdown on Webb. Um, You're hoping that, you know, this is always, every time Justin Steele starts, you're hoping that you can just get that win. He's at 15 and three and hopefully he can get uh, another one there. Now, this is where it gets tricky. Um, and, and as Mark talked about the, the, you know, they have a couple solid starters, but then after that, they, they kind of go with these opener strategies a lot. And so uh, on Tuesday, you got Kyle Hendricks. Remember he was the one that had eight innings of no hits against San Francisco. And so, you know, you're looking at that and you're saying to yourself, okay, you know, let's see what Hendricks can do, but it's TBD for San Fran. so, They're going to go with that opening strategy. And then again, on on Wednesday, Jordan Wicks is going to make his third start, but TBD from San Francisco. If you remember the last series uh, uh, when the Cubs played in San Fran, they had the same guy open both games. Um, And so this is where they are right now is they're kind of just trying to patch it together with whatever they got as far as pitching is concerned. So I don't know. I I get nervous with this opener strategy and, uh, you know, I, I I'm going to kind of just say that hopefully that, the, you know, cause you don't get to, you don't get like a rhythm. You don't get to start picking up the guy. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And you can't craft a lineup. If you know that the starters are righty or a lefty, right. You can't craft the lineup to, to do that, especially when you know that they're going to switch out maybe as soon as the, in the f- same inning. Right. I mean, they might, they might have a, what the Cubs did with Quas and only go two thirds of an inning before they make that change. So, and the other thing with the uh, giants, you know, Webb's coming off what the 133 pitch effort, right and they played in San Diego yesterday so they barely gotten to Chicago and now they got to turn around and put in a day game today so i mean a lot a lot points towards the cubs at least in game 1
1: well let me ask you if we're we're doing our predictions here what do you have as far as the predictions are concerned i mean you got two tbds but you also have you know, three really. You know, you have your all-star in steel, you have the veteran and Hendricks, and you got the rookie in Wicks. How w- how do you see this going? Two out, like?
0: two out, two out of three. It's hard to sweep. They're a good. They're a good team. The Giants are a good team, um, but I think the Cubs take two out of three. And and maybe if the offense can be even Sunday-ish, right? This past Sunday-ish, they could sweep this team.
1: Now, now, it, when we, when you're talking two out of three, and I'm saying two out of three myself, but when you're saying two out of three, you. What starts are you – which is the one that you're most worried about out of these two? I I
0: think Jordan Wicks probably, right, just because of the fact that uh, we don't know if he can throw this many pitches at the big league level. You know, didn't look terrible the other day, but didn't look as good as he did. So that would be where I would be a little bit nervous. But I really like today, even though it's Brandon Webb for the Giants. I'm going to watch –
1: you know, this one, you know, as as far as the game that kind of has me interested is Kyle Hendricks. And, uh, uh, you know, it's been warm out. It's been really hot out. I don't know what is going to be on Tuesday, but the one thing I I look at with Kyle Hendricks is still warm.
0: To answer your question, still warm on Tuesday. Then it cools cools off.
1: I want to know what the wind's going to be. And I think that, that, that to me, if the wind's blowing in, I got the Cubs sweep. If the wind's blowing out, I got the Cubs taking two or three.
0: All right. Excellent. All right. Prediction time. We got that in the book. So Crowley enjoy your Labor Day. Okay. That's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review and subscribe to the fly the W podcast. All the socials fly the W on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us fly the W 670 Gmail. And now Crowley, you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 the score YouTube channel. Absolutely, Dustin. I'm going to be at the game on Tuesday night. I'm taking along
1: a mutual friend, Dustin. I'm taking Sean Sears with me to the game. Nice. So we are going to, we're going to be there. We're going to be cheering the Cubs on and and we're just going to be screaming, Go Cubs!